The following audio is from Christian Heritage Church. More information about Christian Heritage Church is available at chctoday.com. Hallelujah. Turn with me in your Bible to Matthew chapter 13. Matthew chapter 13, if you would please. Hallelujah. And, And once you find it, would you please stand for the reading of the word with me? Matthew chapter 13. We're going to begin reading in verse 1. Actually, what I may do is just kind of paraphrase for you the first few verses, and then we'll pick it up in verse 9. Verse 1 and and through verse 9, Jesus is uh, teaching the parable of the seed that was sown, and some fell on good ground and stony ground. You know that story, so I'm not going to go into read it. He does say, however, that the what we discover is that the seed is the word of God. But in verse 9, after teaching that parable, he says this. Everybody with me in verse 9? He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And the disciples came and said to him, Why do you speak to them in parables? He answered and said to them, Because it has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. But to them it has not been given. For whoever has, to him more will be given, and he will have abundance. But whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. Therefore, I speak to them in parables, because seeing they do not see, and hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. And in them the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled, which says, Hearing you will hear and shall not understand, and seeing you will see and not perceive, for the hearts of this people have grown dull. Their ears are hard of hearing, and their eyes they have closed, lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears, lest they should understand with their hearts and turn, so that I should heal them. But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears For they hear. For assuredly, I say to you that many prophets and righteous men desire to see what you see and did not see it, and to hear what you hear and did not hear it. Bow your heads with me. Father, I'm so grateful today for the opportunity to stand in this sacred place. I realize today, Lord, that I'm not a preacher until you make me one. In fact, I pray today, Lord, that you would preach through me. Just make me an instrument today. and Lord, let every word that comes out of my mouth today be pregnant with revelation. And let it give birth to some new dreams, some new ideas, new truths. And we'll give you the thanks for that. Anoint me now, Lord, to preach your word. And let everybody under the sound of my voice hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. And we'll give you the glory in Jesus' name. Somebody say amen. You may be seated. Thank you. Before I get into this, let me uh, pause a moment and and say thanks to Pastor Steve and Yvonne for uh, allowing me the opportunity to come back and visit you guys. I love your pastor and first lady. They are... Uh, top drawer in my book, and I honor them so much. I hope you do. Do you appreciate and love your pastor? Amen. 
You are absolutely honored and blessed to have them. By the way, I hope you understand also that according to the Bible, I'm not making this up, it's Bible, Ephesians 4.11, according to the Bible, they are a gift to you from God. <laughs> Amen. The Bible says, for God gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. So he's a gift to you, given by God. How many of you know you can tell the, the way a person values a gift or how much they appreciate the gift by the way they treat it? It's quiet in this Presbyterian church this morning. <laughs> you, uh, anybody in here ever been given a gift before uh, at Christmas and after everybody left the house and you was cleaning up, you went and put it up in the top of your closet and next Christmas you pulled that thing out, rewrapped it, Put a bow on it. I'm going to cast out lying demons in this house right now. Don't act like you hadn't done that before. And the reason that you did that is, is because that gift, for whatever reason, it just didn't have much value to you. But there are other gifts that people have given you that if I were to show up at your house today, it's prominently displayed somewhere and you'd be real proud of it. Well, I, I can tell it when I come here, it, it wouldn't take me but a few minutes to figure out how much you value this gift. And I don't know about you, but, you know, if you give me a gift, I'd appreciate it, and I'll, I'll, I'll try to honor it. And, but, but I'm going to tell you now, if God gives me a gift, amen, I'm going to honor that one. Amen. So you need to honor this man and woman of God. Amen. Hallelujah. That felt good. I'm glad I did that. Let me get into this word today. There is, and I hope uh, most of you probably figured this out if you've been in church any length of time, there is a difference between a sermon and a word from God. A sermon can speak and will speak to generalities, but a word from God speaks to specific stuff in your life. A word from God can come through a sermon. But not every sermon is necessarily going to be a word from God. My prayer today is that this sermon contain a word for every one of you at whatever point of need you have. That it will speak and touch a very special particular place in your life that you need God to speak to you. My prayer today is that inside this sermon, tucked away, is a jewel, a nugget, a, a, a life-changing thought for everybody in this building. I didn't come here today to waste time or to be seen or, you know, to hold a microphone and, hey, I'm on my way to the mountains with my wife for a vacation. I'm ready to roll. So I didn't come here just to take up time today. A word, how many of you understand and know that a word will sustain you? A word will enable you. A word will empower you. In fact, I, I hope right now, that I, I wish right now that you would just kind of start praying under your breath, Lord, let this sermon contain a word for me. Let this, 
Lord, let this sermon have a word that changes me or that enlightens me or gives me some new truth or a new thought or a new direction because God loves you enough to speak to you right where you are. Hallelujah. Let me draw your attention, if I could, back to verse 10 for a moment. And the disciples came and said to him, why do you speak to them in parables? Wow. So the disciples realized a clear distinction between us and them. You talk to them differently than you talk to us. Ooh, glory. I'm excited because I know where I'm going. If I get real excited and throw this microphone and take a lap today, some of y'all join me because I'm, I feel the Holy Ghost. I, I want to share this word with you. You, you talk one way to them and another way to us. Why do you talk to them in parables. Listen, in church, there's always a us and a them. I'm headed somewhere. There's us churches and there's them churches. Hmm. Oh, yeah. See, I always realize when I've been asked to speak in a them church. Because when you speak an us message in a them church, they sit there and look at you like, you ever seen a little dog kind of tilt his head with that curious look? (laughs) Oh, hallelujah. But when you speak a us word in a us church, that's when I hurt myself preaching. And I got some good news for you today. This is an us church. Because there's some word going forth in this house every week. That's not tucked away in a mystery or tucked away in a parable. There's word and truth coming out of this pulpit every week that allows you to hear things that other people don't hear. You have been equipped and trained so that when a us word comes, there's people sitting beside you that ain't getting it. And on the inside, you up turning cartwheels in the Holy Ghost. Uh Uh-uh, not yet, brother. I'll get there. <laughs> Man, it's too early. You start that now. I, I told him earlier, y'all might have to call 911 in here to rescue me. Let, me. let me get to this. Let me lay my foundation. Jesus, he said in verse 11, the, in answer to their question, why do you speak to them in parables? He said, because to you, it has been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom, but to them... It has not been given. So Jesus, this is interesting. Jesus has taken hours standing in a boat. That's where he said this, standing in a boat, backed off from the beach and thousands of people on the beach listening to him speak. He has taken all this time to teach and to preach knowing they ain't going to get it. Hallelujah. When he talked to them, he took the mystery 
and hid it, tucked it away inside a story. But to the disciples, he said, I'm going to tell you the mystery. Oh, hallelujah. People who don't want to discern the mysteries, they're going to stay on the beach and they're going to hear stories. But what is just a story to them is a revelation to me. Hallelujah. (laughs) Anybody in here ever gone to church and heard a word that just messed you up? Just turned you upside down on the inside. And you going out the door and some, here, over here somebody say, that was about the worst thing I ever heard in my life. I, listen, I used to, I, I used to love my preaching a whole lot more than I do now. And I used to think I was the greatest preacher. <laughs> And, 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 and I, when I was pastoring churches, it was interesting to me how I'd go after my sermon and I'd preach one and I thought, my God in heaven, I preached a pain off the wall today. My God, I tore that up. And I go out into the foyer and start shaking hands with people and they go out the door and say, bless you, pastor. Bless you, pastor. Bless you, pastor. Bless you. And I'm waiting for somebody to tell me, oh, pastor. listen, the next Sunday I've got up, preached Got through and thought to myself, how in the name of God did they sit through that? That was the ugliest mess I ever heard in my life. And I go out into the foyer to shake hands and half the people come by. Pastor, that word changed my life today. You ever happened to you, Pastor? I'm telling you, because tucked away in the story is a revelation for an us people who have ears to hear. And I know there's somebody in here today that's going to get a word from this thing that's going to bless you and mess you up because you're going to hear something that other people ain't got the ability to hear. And God's going to design a message out of this for you. And he'll do it not only today, but next Sunday and Wednesday. And every time you sit down and read your Bible and every devotion you enter into, God's going to meet you at the level of your need and at the level of your understanding and give you what you need for today. That's why he said you need to start praying this way. Give us this day our daily bread. Listen, yesterday's bread was good. I enjoyed it. Thank God for yesterday's bread. It met a need yesterday. But how many of you understand? I can't live today on yesterday's bread. I got to have a... I got to have a fresh word today. I got to hear something new today. If you living on last week's message, you need to get on on your knees and say, God, I got to have something else. Give me something to eat. Give me something else, God. I can't keep living on that. That's stale. It was good when I got it. It was wonderful when I got it. Can I give y'all some help? Let me help somebody right here. I can't, I, I can't preach in the same position. Let me help somebody right here. I'm going to give y'all some deep theology right now. This is deep, okay? I'm afraid some of y'all ain't even going to get this. It's so deep. Here it is. If the horse is dead, dismount. That's deep. Do you know how many people 
there are in the body of Christ. How many churches there are in the body of Christ. Sitting on a dead horse. (laughs) Talking about, oh, you should have been here in 65. We had a revival in 65. God tore the place and wrecked it. Thousands of people got saved. (laughs) You should have been here in 65. God ain't showed up at the place since 65, but they still riding a dead horse. The horse was good in 65. But he's dead. Get you a fresh word. Get you a fresh mount. Get you a new word and climb up on that thing and say, I can ride this for a day or two. But come tomorrow, he's going to give me another ride. And day after that, I'll get another ride. Some of y'all need to understand this and quit trying to live off of what you learned in Sunday school two years ago. God wants to speak into your life with a fresh rhema word right now that's going to pick you up and turn you around and clean you up and fix you up. Hallelujah. Somebody in here shout glory. Oh, hallelujah. I hadn't got to the word yet. Hang on. It gets more interesting. Watch this. Verse 12. He says, for whoever has more will be given. Uh Uh-oh. We just messed up American culture right there. You talking about messing up America's culture. Whoever has, more will be given. Remember the story of the talents? He took from the one who had the least and gave to the one that had the most. American culture believes that we should take from the haves. I got to be careful. I can't. I can't go to meddling and, and I'm not trying to get political. I'm just telling you there is this mindset in America that, 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 that if you're down, we're supposed to stroke you and keep you down. If you can't make it, we're going to do everything. We're just going to pamper you and we're going to give you bread and we're going to give you something to eat and we're going to take care of you. Listen, I got some good news for you. Jesus came to get you up out of that mess and take you from the have not to the have so that he can give you more. God wants to position you so he can put more in you. God ain't trying to take from you and ain't trying to keep you down. God wants to position you so that he can give you the best revelation. That's what he's trying to tell his disciples. I'm not going to take my best up and throw it to a bunch of swines I'm going to take my best up and give it to you that are committed to me and walking after me those of you that are living with me I'm going to give you my best up some of y'all need some of that good stuff you ain't had none in a while I'm here to help somebody today I'm here to shake somebody spiritually today and make you understand you ain't got to keep living the way you've been living walking around oppressed depressed beat up beat down God wants to find you put a fresh word in you pick you up make you one of us so that the us message gets to you and you hear it and you go preach it yourself somewhere Hallelujah. 
My God in heaven, I'm just up to here with a bunch of mamby pamby pablum sucking baby Christians. Been sitting on a church seat for year after year after year, listening to the message and still part of the them crowd. Still can't even take a parable and understand it. Still don't even know a fresh word from God when they hear it because they waiting on the pastor to pablum feed them and bottle feed them and stroke them and pamper them a little bit and... Oh, I'm going to preach anyhow. I don't care how mad y'all get at me. I'm going to preach this thing. Let me tell you something. I love, I don't know about y'all, but I, I, I just love a, a little newborn burping, a little newborn baby. Y'all, you throw that towel, you know, up on your shoulder, put the baby up there, and you, and you hear it, burp, and I think this thought. I don't know. I just love it. Okay, I'm sorry. I, that's, that's, okay. that's just cute to me. I like, but I'm going to tell y'all something. I, I hate burping 40-year-olds now. I'm going to tell you, I just... I just don't like burping 40-year-olds. That's nasty. That's just ridiculous. And bunch of, the problem is a 40-year-old that wants to be pampered and wants to be burped. Oh, hallelujah. I didn't ask for a return engagement. That's why I can preach like this. Hallelujah. But, well, okay, I got to quit now. I'm gonna, uh, I, I still got somewhere to go. I don't want to. I don't, I don't want to lose you yet. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I will. Appreciate that. America believes that we should take from the haves and give to the have-nots. A lot of people think that because they're American, they're Christian. Come on, somebody. America was born as a Christian nation. But listen to me, y'all. I love America with everything in me. I, I, we're the greatest country in the world, but America is not a Christian nation anymore. That's a fact. We're based on Christian principles. The Judeo-Christian ethic and the Judeo-Christian principles, our founders built us on that. But we're not a Christian nation anymore. And can I tell you that the greatest bulk of the responsibility for that falls on the shoulders of the church. Who took a back seat and allowed the entire culture to shift. And now the culture has affected church and begin to change the church. When in fact the church should have affected culture. We should still be a Christian nation with Christian principles. But God in this day. Can I tell you that the church of Jesus Christ is the most powerful entity on this planet. There is nothing more powerful than the church of Jesus Christ. But she's a sleeping giant. She's been slumbering away on church pews all over America. Meeting in houses of worship. Singing songs about God. Preaching messages about God. And teaching lessons about God. God and don't even know God. God ain't even in the place. We are, but God is raising up a new church. The church is coming alive. She's beginning to move and she's beginning to breathe and she's beginning to stretch. She's about to wake up and it, she and when she does, I'm telling you, the world is going to turn back to the church because when we come, we're not going to come back with enticing words of man's wisdom. But when we come back, we're coming back in a demonstration of power and glory and manifestation with signs and wonders so that the world will know that there is a God in heaven and the world is going to look back to the church and say we gave up on you too quick you had the answers after all and we threw you away and we turned our back on you and you let us do it shame on you for letting us do it but God says in the last days 
I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, not Pentecostal flesh, Baptist flesh, black flesh, white flesh, all flesh. Somebody in here that's all flesh ought to lift up your hands and shout glory. God's getting ready to empty heaven with his greatest glory that we've ever seen. Y'all mark my word. This is a jubilee year. I ain't got time to teach on all that. But this is a jubilee year and I believe and I prophesy that in the year 2016 there's a major cultural shift coming to the church this year. It's going to include a breakthrough financially. It's going to include a breakthrough spiritually. God is about to waken the church again and the world is going to come running back to our doors and saying help us we're in a mess we need you we need your salt we need your we need your prayers we need your faith we need your message the world is coming back i said the world's coming back to us y'all hallelujah and shame on us we how many of y'all saw that movie field of dreams remember that movie Remember that, that big tagline, build it and they will come. Remember that? Build it and they will come. So somehow, long before that movie was made, those of us in the church, we adopted that mentality in the church. And we thought if we build them, they'll come. So we build them all over America and they ain't coming. Come on, somebody. They ain't coming. Oh, Hallelujah. But I can tell you now, there's some people in the body of Christ that are us people that are getting some revelation from God that's fresh and new. And when that revelation explodes down in your spirit and God gives you truth, you're going to boldly leave your sanctuary and your safe place and your little comfortable place. And when you get back out there in the world, you're going to start ministering to somebody by the power of the Holy Ghost. And signs and wonders are going to follow you wherever you go. You're an us them. You're, I mean, you're an us people. You're a people that hear the word of God and know it. You're a people that when you hear the word of God, you know it and when you hear it it explodes in you and you're able to anchor yourself on that thing and whenever you take that us word to a them people and they can't get it you're going to be able under the anointing of God to speak with such clarity that their ears will be open and their eyes will be open and their spirit receptive somebody in here that's anxious to see your friends and family saved ought to say glory hallelujah Verse 12 still. For he who has more, for he who has more will be given and he will have abundance. But he who does not have even what he has will be taken away. Can I tell you prophetically, in the day we live, the them people, the them that are outside the body of Christ, that are outside the heart of God, that are outside of this place, things are going to disappear from them. They're going to start losing, and fear is going to set in. God's going to take from those that don't have. Why? Not because he don't like them, and not because he hates them, but because he understands this, that when they get flat of their back, they ain't got but one place to look. Hallelujah. God understands that the world needs some despair. Are you listening to me? It's a mess. This world is a mess, y'all. And it ain't getting no better. 
This political season has been stupid. And there's more division in this nation than there's ever been in my lifetime. And that's all. We get all nervous as Christians and we get all palms all sweaty and what are we going to do? I got, I tell you what we're going to do. We're going to stand in the middle of the church like a beacon of light with an anointing from the Holy Ghost. And when fear sets in on the world and fear sets in on people and they don't know where to turn, we're going to be standing there with a message blaring. And there's going to be a clarion call come out of heaven. It's going to come through a church of Jesus Christ that's full of the anointing and power of the Holy Ghost. And people are going to run back to our altars. Y'all get ready. 2016 is going to be a, a, a monumental year. He says, I look for people. Jesus, I look for people who know how to manage and handle blessing. And I give them more blessings. Wow. Lord, I can handle blessing. Amen. But the folk who don't know how to handle what I give them, I'll take what they do have and give it to the people that do know how to handle it. I'm not making this up. We just read it, y'all. Now, let me get back to us and them. There were two groups of people that existed in Jesus' day, and it's no different today. You got us and them. And I'm not talking about people that that go to church and people that don't go to church. That ain't what I'm talking about. Because there's a bunch of them people sitting in church every Sunday. I'm talking about us that have a heart for God, that are sensitive to the voice of God, that love his word, that anchor our lives on his word, and don't follow the crowd just because that's where everybody's going. Listen, Jesus has always been able to draw a crowd. He can still draw a crowd today. There are buildings all over the world today filled with people because Jesus can still draw a crowd. But the crowd... Don't always get Jesus. Get this. The people that Jesus was ready to give the kingdom to was not the multitudes. Because the definitive characteristic of the crowd, watch this. The definitive characteristic of the crowd was that they always show up for free stuff. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Glory to God. Y'all don't make me break into my Pentecostal hoop. (laughs) Whenever Jesus had a healing service, everybody came out and followed him. Everybody. In Matthew 15, 29, the Bible says, Jesus skirted the Sea of Galilee, went up on the mountain and sat down and multitudes came to him having the lame, blind, mute, maimed and many others and they laid them down at Jesus' feet. Watch this. This is amazing. He skirted the Sea of Galilee, went up on top of a mountain and sat down. I don't know. Maybe I'm just, maybe I'm just crazy, but if you're going to hold a healing service, and you want to draw a crowd, I think, on the beach. I mean, I'm going to hold my healing service on the beach. He skirted the beach. 
the comfortable place, the easy one to access, the one that everybody loved, and went up on top of a mountain and sat down. And they brought to him people that were blind, lame, mute, and they laid them at his feet. Wow. You know what that says to me? Desperate people will go to desperate measures. And desperate people pray desperate prayers. Oh, hallelujah. I was joking a while ago, but I am preaching until 3 o'clock, so y'all hang on. Listen, y'all. My, my, my wife, I love this story as an illustration, but my wife, a few years ago, a lot of years ago, we were young in the ministry and we didn't have no money and we had a car that, it was interesting. Uh, that car wouldn't go in reverse. I'm serious. If, you, if we pulled up to a gas pump and I pulled up too far, I'd go around the block, come back to the gas pump. <laughs> and it was uh, kind of had a few other issues and my wife was driving down the road with one of the ladies from our little church we were pastoring and my wife was driving and she started to come up to an intersection and she was going to turn and she put her foot on the brake and it went to the floor <laughs> no brake and my wife being the cool, calm, collected, Holy Ghost filled tongue-talking woman she is, she very calmly said, Joanne, don't, get, or don't panic, but we don't have any brakes. And Joanne began to pray. This is a true story. Joanne began to pray. And this was her prayer. Jesus, 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 Jesus! <laughs> Because <laughs> desperate people ain't got time to be cute. Desperate people ain't got time to pray proper King James prayers. Peter walking on the water started to sink. What did he do? Jesus, save me! Y'all know what I'm talking about. Man, listen, y'all, I ain't got time. When I, I got to have something from God, and, and this world's in a mess, and you need a fresh word, and you need God to give you an us word every day of your life. You ain't got time to be praying silly little prayers and going to church and acting all cute and getting all dressed up and trying to impress somebody with your new outfit that you got on. Man, you ain't got time for all of that. The devil is trying to kill, steal, and destroy. The devil trying to take you out, your family, your children, your money. He's trying to get everything you got to silence you. That's why somebody in this house today is going to get a fresh us word and that word's going to lift you up and light you up and you ain't going to be praying no cute prayers anymore. You're going to be praying desperate prayers. God, I got to have some help. I'm telling you, when it comes up out of your belly and it begins to groan and moan, that's when God's, oh yeah, I got his attention now. They're serious now. It was in church when you praying, dear God, I beseech thee. 
in all of your majesty. Y'all been there at that church, hadn't you? You heard that prayer right there, didn't you? Man, I'm through with that. I'm through with that. I didn't say through. I said through. I'm through with that, y'all. I'm, I'm over that mess. I ain't got time for all that. I got to have help. I got to have God. I got to have a word from God, man. I need God to drop into my life and just tell me something that's going to get me through tomorrow and help me get somebody else into the us crowd. I got to have a word that's going to allow me to be an instrument of revelation to somebody that's got to have a fresh word today. So I'm just going to stand up in front of God and say, God, I got to have you today. Lord, here I am. Talk to me. <laughs> and I ain't going nowhere till you do. Hallelujah. Glory to God. My Lord, y'all hang on with me. When he started feeding a multitude, everybody came and sat down. Anytime he was giving away something, everybody would show up. Man, in my lifetime in church, we hold a chicken dinner, everybody in town shows up. You hold a prayer meeting, you hold it in a phone booth. It's tight, but it's right. But watch this. When Jesus would ask something from them, the multitude would dispense, and he'd looked around, and there's 12 committed, dedicated, Hungry, desperate people. And Lord, we ain't here for the healing. Lord, we ain't here for the free stuff. <laughs> Lord, we're here for all that other stuff we get from you that they ain't getting. We're here for those moments when you sit down in the circle and you begin to teach us. I feel the Holy Ghost. Lord, they all disappeared when the healing stopped. All the mold when the when it all, when you stop throwing it away and giving it away, they all just, we still here, Jesus. We here with you because we ain't worried about that because we understand what you've just told us. You just told us that to those of us that have, you're going to give us more. <laughs> to those of us that get it, you're going to give us more. Y'all hearing this? Anybody getting this? There's some people, that's why you don't need to ever miss church. And you don't need to ever miss time in your word. And you don't need to ever miss time in the presence of God because God says you already got a bunch of stuff. And because I've given you stuff that you retained, and applied to your life, get ready. I'm going to bless you with some more. I'm going to put some more stuff in you. I'm going to de deposit stuff in you that I can't deposit in the them crowd because they ain't getting it. But you've got ears and you've been hearing and you're right there with me. And then you ain't here because of the free stuff. You're here because you're desperate and you're here because you realize that you can't do it without me. Anybody in here know what I'm talking about this morning? The difference between the disciples and the crowds is that... The disciples walked with God. They didn't show up just for the church service. Man, people go to church nowadays as if that's their gift to God. I go to church to please God. Man, God don't care if you go to church. Now, pastor, don't get mad at me. God don't care if you go to church. Now, obviously, he wants you to go to church, but that ain't what impresses God. 
Obviously, the Bible is very clear that we're not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together. That's a biblical fact. You should be here every time the doors are open. I've already said that to you. I'm not saying don't go to church. I'm just telling you that God ain't interested in, in the fact that you sit on a church seat. Because sitting on a church seat don't make you a spirit-filled believer any more than sitting in a garage will make you a car. God wants you sitting in your church seat every time the doors are open. Why? Not because you coming to get some free stuff or you coming to get your blessing. I, I hear people all the time, well, I'm going to church and I'm going to get my blessing. I'm going to get my blessing. That ain't why you go to church. Come on, somebody. There's a lost and dying world out there and the only reason you go going to church is to get a blessing. We've been blessed till we fat. We done been blessed till we're stuffed up and, and, and obese. And we just ain't doing nothing but just coming to church and eating and coming to church and eating. And God's saying, I'm trying to get you out of the them crowd into the us crowd because I got some stuff I need to reveal to you. You need to grab hold of my promises and apply them and then I can give you more. Once you grab hold of every truth I got, I'll double up on the truth. Hallelujah. Glory. Anybody hearing me? Am I making sense? There's something that's going on. Y'all move the clock. I don't know where your clock is, man. <laughs> Used to be a clock right out there somewhere. Listen, y'all. I know I'm going to hurry. He said, it's been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom. Why? Because you got it before. So I'm going to give you more. He said, I'm not going to take the best stuff I got and throw it away, give it away. But watch this. Well, Bishop, what does the, what does the them have if he hides the mystery in parables? What chance do they have of moving from the them to the us? Oh, let me show you. Let me show you. We missed it for years. When he concluded the parable, the story, he said in verse 9, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Watch this. The literal translation is this. He who has ears, let him hear. If you have ears, hear. The implication there is that it's a choice. The implication there is that you decide. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somewhere along the line, you were part of them and decided to use the ears that God gave you. And I'm not just talking about these ears. I'm talking about these ears that God gave you. And then all of a sudden, you begin to hear stuff that you heard before, but it made no sense. You got revelation now from the same message that somebody else preached a year ago, that made no sense. But now you hear the same word from the same scripture. And now it's light. Because you had ears and you opened your ears and you chose. Here's what he's saying. He who has ears, use them and you'll get it. Want to understand? Do you want to understand? Then understand. <laughs> There's another point to make here. Hearing comes before seeing. In order to see it, 
you first have to hear it. Oh, hallelujah. I wish I had time to preach that. Vision don't come out of seeing. Vision comes out of hearing. You don't get vision for your future by what you see. You get vision for your future out of what you hear. So in order to see it, I first have to hear it. Oh, hallelujah. Let me tell you something. I just saw a a tweet the other day by a friend of mine. He said this. He said, the first entrance into the universe when God created, the first entrance was not light. It was sound. God said, sound came before anything else. Are y'all getting this? Sound was the first. So that everything God does, God speaks. And there's a sound that hits your spirit. Even before the words. Hallelujah. So, you got to hear it before you see it. Now listen to me, y'all. I'm going to stand in my apostolic office today. And the spiritual authority of that office. And I'm going to say some, some things to you. I hope some of you that are very religious didn't get offended by what I just said. I believe my office is that of, of an apostle. And, and, and I don't carry that title. I don't walk around calling myself that. I just believe that's the office that I function in at this point in my life. And there are people in the body of Christ in churches everywhere that get nervous about that. you know. But the same scripture... God gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. They don't have any problem with me calling myself pastor, teacher, prophet. He's even accepted more, but apostle. Let me tell you this. I've stand in the authority of this office today. I want to say some things to you that you need to hear. Some of you are in this church as part of the crowd. The them. But it's okay. I want you to stay. Because if you want to discern the kingdom, you're in the right place. Hallelujah. If you want to move from that place of confusion and just church attendance, and even from the position of being a Christian, I believe you're saved. I believe if you die, you go to heaven. It's not a matter of your salvation. It's a matter of you discerning the kingdom and discerning all that God has for you and living your life on earth in abundance. Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. That's what I'm talking about today. If you want to move from the them who do, who believe, who follow Jesus, but don't live in that us crowd and don't hear that revelation and don't discern the kingdom, you're in the right place. Hallelujah. Everything that you need, in order to know the kingdom, is coming out of this pulpit every week. Listen to me, folks. I know the body of Christ. There are any number of places in this town that you can go to and hear a good sermon. But there is no place in this town, very, not, there, there are very few places in this town that will challenge your walk on the beach any more than this place will. Because I know your pastor. I know his heart. Everybody that stood on that beach and heard Jesus teach that parable were believers. They believed in him. That's why they followed him. They saw his miracles. 
But there are only 12 disciples. But the believers left until the next time he was giving out stuff again. And then they showed back up. Pastor Steve, you wonder why people don't stay? Because you're dealing with the same kind of people that Jesus dealt with. Bless me, but don't challenge me. Bless me, but don't let me have to change my life or the way I live. Bless me. When I get sick, lay hands on me. Heal me, but don't require anything of me. Uh-oh. A while ago, y'all was jumping up on your feet and applauding while I was preaching. I don't want to walk with God. I just want to show up when he's giving out healing and blessing. God wants to give you the best stuff. He wants to give you the mysteries. Do you have ears? Then hear today. God wants to give you the best stuff. Listen, we want to show up. We want to show up to God. Brother Jesse, go ahead and give me something soft on the keyboard. I'm closing this down. We, we, we show up to God when we want stuff or need stuff, whatever that is. Your prayer life is never greater than when you realize you're in trouble. All of a sudden, you can pray. And God's saying, you know, I love you. And I've provided all of that. I've provided healing. And I've provided that everything is there. It's in the atonement. But I've got something better. i got something deeper that I want to give you. If I give you that $500 miracle that you need before Wednesday, it's going to meet that immediate need. But what are you going to do next week? God said, I got to give you more than every little whim and thing you want. I got to give you something on the inside of you that will enable you to stand in adversity and know that my Redeemer lives. I got to be able to listen when you when you come to church and get your blessing and they lay hands on you and you feel all goosebumpy and feel good that's wonderful but what are you going to do on Tuesday when the devil shows up and you ain't got nobody to sing you a song or lay hands on you or a preacher to preach you a message what are you going to do then when you fall into trouble and you got to have some help and you don't know what to do you better have more than a buck and a dance you better have more than a goosebump you better have something on the inside of you that will anchor you so that even in adversity you can look the devil in the face and challenge him to a fight and say devil you're a liar I know I ain't feeling good right now I ain't enjoying this and I don't like this but I know in whom I have believed and I am persuaded that he's able to deliver me he's able to bring me out and he will and when I come out of this on the other side I'm going to come out with something I didn't have when I went in I'm going to come out with a praise and a testimony and then the next time you show up in my life I'm going to be able to look you in the face and say oh devil you like to me last time remember what happened and I come out and spat in your face and trampled on you here I am here I am devil hallelujah standing 
and having done all to stand. You can't do that as part of the them crowd. Only us people can. Because the them crowd ain't got nothing but a piece of fish to eat. But the us crowd got something on the inside and revelation that'll carry you through the darkness revelation that'll help you navigate through the mysteries of your life and the troubles of your life I ain't going nowhere devil shoot your best shot I got something in me that's bigger than this mess greater is he that's in me I got something in me that's bigger than this crisis. I got something in me that's bigger than this, than all these troubles that I've got. And that that's in me is going to anchor me. That that's in me ain't going to let me go. I am here to stand in the face of adversity and declare that Jesus is Lord. And so that's why even you put me in jail along with another believer. And at midnight, like Paul and Silas, I ain't going to cry and moan and ain't going to throw in a towel and give up and ain't going to get discouraged. I'll just have church in the jail I'll just sing praises to God in the middle of the cell because I know something that the them crowd don't know I know something that people sitting next to me in church don't even know I know something that's going to get me through somebody in here shout glory get up on your feet everybody hallelujah man I done preached my own self happy this morning. I feel like I could charge hell with a water pistol right now. The devil is a liar. And I know something. That's why I don't give up first sign. Hey, some people you can tell when they're going through because you don't see them in church for two weeks. They finally get through it and they'll show back up. Come on, somebody. You know I'm telling you the truth. Man, but there's other people. There's some of y'all this morning. You got out of the car with the devil nipping at your heels when you walked in the house. But you you stood here anyway and said, no, 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 devil. I know something. No, this ain't about me just going to get a blessing. This is about my life. This is about me showing up as part of the us crowd. This is about me showing up to get a word that I ain't got before. I got to have a fresh word today. I got some revelation waiting on me inside that place today. I can't hang out here with a bunch of thems. I got to get in there with the us crowd and get my fresh word so that I can stand in the face of adversity. Hallelujah. Anybody getting this? Hallelujah. Listen, y'all. First thing I want to do is I want to ask this. If there's anybody here that would say, Bishop, I've heard this and honestly, I am, I have to admit, and and, and listen, this is nothing bad to admit by any means because we've all been there. But you would have to admit that I'm, I'm really kind of part of the them. I, I, I believe. I believe. But I, I'm not walking in that intimacy with God and walking with Him daily. And, and I want to change that today. And I want to open my ears and have God speak something fresh to me. If that's you, raise your hand right where you are. Just raise your hand. God bless you. I see, I see several hands. God bless you. Part of the doesn't make you bad. Doesn't make you a bad person. Thank you for your honesty. 
Now, let me ask this. If there's anybody in here today that's not saved, if you died today, you're, you know you wouldn't make it to heaven. Maybe you're not, you're not sure whether you would. But you know that you want to. Not only do you want to go to heaven, but you want a little heaven here. And you want to know God. And you want to live with Jesus and give your life over to him and let him be Lord of your life. If that's you. Bishop, I need Jesus. I, I need Jesus. In my, I want to accept Christ in my life today as my Savior. And I want you to include me in a prayer. If you want me to include you in a prayer and, and you need Jesus in your life today, just lift your hand right where you are. Just lift your hand. God bless you. I see those hands. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Very quickly, those of you that raised your hand on that last invitation where, that say you need Jesus. And you want to ask the Lord into your heart today and become part of this us crowd. Without hesitation, don't even think about it. Just come and meet me right here and I'm going to pray with you. Come here. Come here. Come right here, please. Hallelujah. Come on, you know who you are. God bless you. God bless you. Come on. Hallelujah. God bless you. God bless you. Oh, hallelujah. 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 Glory. Glory. Thank you for listening to audio from Christian Heritage Church located in Tallahassee, Florida. Feel free to give copies of this message to others, but do not charge for those copies or alter the content in any way without permission. For more information about Christian Heritage Church, please visit us online at chctoday.com.